This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. I don't mind testing Dak Prescott because that's what the Dallas Cowboys need. I don't mind him getting defensive because that means that you understand exactly what kind of pressure is out there. Not just on you, but on the Dallas Cowboys. Last night wasn't clean. It was ugly. It was haphazard. It was up and down. But we know what the narrative would have sounded like had they not won that game. I think sometimes, Freddie, you, you run into situations where you feel like it's a must win. Even if people outside don't feel like that, you feel like that inside, internally in your locker room. And you have to do whatever's necessary to be able to get that victory. I think Dak Prescott felt that weight. Mike McCarthy felt that weight. Michael Parsons felt that way and the reason why I named those three guys is because I consider those three guys the leaders on the football team. Mine is like two and a half, three inches long. Is it now? And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Mr. Harry Douglas. I'm just merely Freddie Coleman. Together we're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us and tune in. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Ten minutes away, give or take a lie or two. When it comes to the best and worst with the number three in the middle of that, we do three up and three down coming your way in about ten minutes. Well, we can't put the Dallas Cowboys not so much in three up or three down, but at least Harry Douglas, they got to win. But I'll throw this question at you. After we hear from Dak Prescott, I want to find out from Harry Douglas. The reason they won last night was it because of Dak's playmaking, the coach's play calling, or something else. But Dak Prescott, he knew that last night they had to get that one. It was a must win. Why? I mean, it's early no, I mean, it was, yeah, early in the season, but three and three, four and two or three and three, that was a, it's a huge difference. Uh, yeah, it, it just is. I mean, yeah, like I give it exactly what you're saying. It's early in the season. I've been in the three and five season that we turned it around and, and went on a win streak and won the division. So I, I get what you're saying, but four and two, second, second road win of the year um, against a great team, against a great offense, good defense, great defense. Uh, going into the bye week, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about after last week not, not allowing this thing to landslide, and obviously I think a win like this allows you to really close that book. So, Harry, look into that brilliant, beautiful mind of yours. And let me know the answer to this question. The Cowboys win last night. Was it because of Dak's playmaking, the play calling Mike McCarthy, or something else? I thought I thought it was because of the playmaking ability of Dak Prescott. Um, when you look at the fourth and one situation, him being able to do that zone read, keep the football, take it in for an 18-yard touchdown, or whether it was the third and 11 where he's improvised, uh, improvising, escaping pressure, so it isn't a sack, and he finds Tony Pollard for a 60-yard explosive play. Also, it was a play where he eluded pressure again, scrambled to the right, found C.D. Lamb, I think, for an 18-, 20-yard gain mm-hmm. amongst the sidelines. And then also, you know, just being able to make the plays necessary to win the ball game. Now, did he, had a few, did he have a few plays in there where he, he, he missed? Yes, he did. He missed a touchdown on Michael Gallup down the seam um, early on in that game on that same drive where he converted to fourth down. Also, he missed Tony Pollard down the sideline mm-hmm. toward the end of the football game. But I thought Dak made enough plays and improvised enough, utilized his legs, yeah. in which, Freddie, that was one of the things going into last night. They got to get back to the point to where Dak Prescott is utilizing his legs and keeping defenses honest mm-hmm. and giving them something else to prepare for and look forward to and not just, you know, hampering him in, in, in that matter. Right. He, he's a guy that had 40 yards rushing last night in a touchdown, 21 for 30, 272 yards in a touchdown. And he also had that play to Michael Gallup in which Michael Gallup dropped. Absolutely. Right? And I yep. understand little DB tugged you a little bit, but you, you're a big guy. You got to fight through that. You got to catch that regardless. It hit the – 
hey, if it hits your hands, it's catchable. That's absolutely. what they taught us. Yep, absolutely. No doubt about it. Wayne at Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776 on the Freddie and Harry hotline. The reason the Cowboys won last night were the Chargers. Dak's playmaking, coach's play calling, or something else. 888-729-3776. I'm going to go with the or something else, and I'll tell it to you this way. The Cowboys played like they had nothing to lose. For the first time all season long, they said, you know what, bleep it. No matter what people, no matter what we do, people are going to talk. If we lose, we got to hear about for two weeks and go to the bye week. If we win, we're going to hear about what we didn't do or what we could have done better, no matter how we got the win. They all went out there and said, bleep it. We're just going to go play football. We saw from Dak Prescott. We saw from the offensive line. I know they gave it five sacks, but they kept after it. They didn't get intimidated like they did against San Francisco 49ers. The defense, they didn't point fingers when Micah Parsons was being held at bay by the Chargers offensive line. Other guys making plays. Bell was a wonder. That hybrid, robber defender, linebacker, strong safety. He was everywhere getting pressure on mm-hmm. the quarterback, covering guys out of the backfield, stopping the running game, getting skinny when two big guys tried to block him, getting through those box, blocks and making plays. That was the or I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys because it's easy to do that when you're a front-running team, and they are a front-running team. Last night they knew that the potential was there. They were not going to be a front-running team that they were going to be 3-3 three and three and the potential could be there, that they could lose four in a row with the Rams and the Eagles coming up in the next couple of weeks after that bye week. They knew that if they did not win that football game, their season was in peril. But it didn't enter Harry their mind. They just said, you know what, bleep it. We're just going to go out there and play football, and people are going to talk no matter what. They need to be like that and not just when they have a huge lead and they can really get after people like we saw against the Giants, like we saw against the Jets, and like we saw against the hapless Patriots. Yeah, it was a game in which the defense, uh, I'm not going to sit up here and say the defense is just outstanding and they had that dominant performance like we've seen early in the year and the offense could ride that lead, right? Dak Prescott had to go out there in this offense and, you know, C.D. Lamb and, you know, Tony Pollard made plays and mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks made plays. He made a play on a third and nine situation where they really needed when they went down and kicked the field goal, also scored a touchdown for him. So that's 10 points he was a part of right there. And, you know, you had the speed sweep to him, the jet sweep to also to Brandon Cooks. So, you know, you had guys stepping up a little bit more in this ball game. But I would say this. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Cowboys, if they would have lost that game, going into a bye week, after, and Freddie, I know this – from experience. Okay. You don't want to go to no damn bye week losing. Because, see, you want to go into a bye week and you feel a little bit better. You're 4-2 versus 3-3. Three and three. Maybe mm-hmm. coach will give us an extra day, more little time off. Uh-huh. You know, 3-3, three and three, nope. Damn it, we practicing as much as we can. As much as the rules tell us we can. <laughs> that, that, that's what the coach going to say. We're practicing. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's a different feeling, man. It right. really is. You can tell in the post-game press conference with Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, Mike McCarthy, the head coach. It was a sense of thank God that we can get a mental break, not just a physical break. Because you're right. Had they lost that game, there's no way they can lollygag during a bye week after losing two in a row, especially with a team that they should have beaten in the Chargers, and they did. And after the way they got beat up from the feet up eight days ago, nine days ago against the San Francisco 49ers, to your point, there's no way they could have gotten to the bye week saying, we need the break. Everybody said, break what? You guys are already broken down as it is. You better try to fix this going into the bye week. Trey in Ohio, thanks for hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Trey, what wonderful Cowboys last night? The playmaking of Dak, the play calling of the coach, or something else? Hey, hey, first off, I want to say thank you guys for having me on. Um, I know 
Dak is one of the guys that gets talked down on a lot, but he showed up last night. He made great plays, great plays with his feet in the first half. Some good throws. That throw to Gallup was perfect. He brings that in. You know, that, that score gets out. Cowboys win by 10-plus if he makes that catch. Um, so I just come back to say, you know, Dak Prescott played great last night. His playmaking led the Cowboys to a dub. No, I would say – I won't say he played great, but he played good. Right, he played good enough for the Dallas Cowboys to win that ball game, and I thought it was necessary because, you know, it was a game where the team didn't have a lead and they could lean on that and, you know, take the foot off the pedal. Dak Prescott improvising, you know, they the Chargers had five sacks last night. If Dak Prescott's not a dual threat guy, that probably that probably would be eight or nine sacks. But the fact that he was able to escape pressure and still keep his eyes downfield and throw the football effectively and pick up first downs, I can't ignore that. I can't sit up here and say, okay, Dak Prescott had no bearings on what the Cowboys did last night because if he wasn't that guy, they wouldn't have won that game. Bridget in Missouri, thanks for calling us on Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. The win for the Cowboys last night, Richard, was it Dak's playmaking, the coach's play calling, or something else? Uh, I actually think it was something else. Thank you guys for having me on. Man, I watched that game as a Chargers fan, and it, it breaks my heart, man. Being a Chargers fan is tough, man. Uh, a lot of blown coverages late. You know, I mean, penalties from the offense late in the late in the game, man. It killed us. And yeah, I thought when we got that, when we recovered that muff punt, that we'd yeah. be back in it. But man, we just got hurt, and I just think the Chargers could have played a lot better for us to win that game. Well, and I would actually say if it wasn't for that muff punt things could have got out of hand at that moment, too. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I agree with you a tiny bit. The Chargers did add to it because Justin Herbert missed two wide-open double moves by Keenan Allen, your number one wide receiver. And it was just painful for me to be able to witness that. And we got to start, you know, giving him the same heat that we give Lamar Jackson, um, Josh Allen. Keep going. Jalen Hurts. Keep and, going. Dak and the Prescott. Rest of these, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Because – we understand he has the individual statistics, but now from a team perspective, what are you going to do to get your team over the hump? What are you going to do? And if he makes some of those throws last night, there's no telling where the charges could have been today. We could have been, we could have been talking about a different story, but that's a part of the game. And I'm not going to sit up here and blame Dak Prescott for what, you know, Justin Herbert didn't accomplish Absolutely. last night. That's not his problem. No uh-uh. doubt about that. Yeah. Billy in South Carolina at 888. 888- Seven two nine three seven seven six. Dallas beats the Chargers last night. Was it Dak's playmaking, the coach's play calling, or something else, Billy? Freddie and Harry, thanks for having me on. Sure. It was definitely something else. It was Dan Quinn. He he has a masterful way of coaching defense, and it, it outshines McCarthy's offense. Um, his game, the way he calls a game, on offense is just laughable. Eight seconds to go, he called a timeout before halftime, and then told the official, "No, no, I don't want the half. I don't want a timeout here. Yep. Run it down to three seconds. We'll kick the field goal." They had a chance, at least, to go for a touchdown with eight seconds. He let the clock run down to three seconds to kick the field goal. You had you had two timeouts. You could have at least attempt to get a TD there. Yeah. That's not playing for a win. That's playing scared. Yeah. Building South Carolina is spot on with that. And I'm going to say this out loud. If Jerry Jones had his way, he'd have Dan Quinn as his head coach. 100%. Jerry, Jerry Jones is loyal to a fault because you know Dan Quinn looks at the Cowboys offense and he says, if I had somebody calling plays like I had with Kyle Shanahan with the Atlanta Falcons, I know that kind of offense could really make that quarterback 
and those weapons and reduce that kind of pressure on my offensive line. Well, let's stick there for a second because I don't think a lot of people understand understands this about Dan Quinn when he became the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. There's a reason why he hired Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. It's because that offensive system gave his defensive systems the most problems. Absolutely. That's why he hired him. So I can't help to think that if Dan Quinn was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, that mm-hmm. that would be the offensive system mm-hmm. that they will be running moving forward. Because that fits exactly what they do. Movable yep. quarterback, Running backs that can get behind a big offensive line. Receivers can make plays on the outside. It's tight end friendly. Your tight end can be elevated, and it's hard to find that. Believe me, Dan Quinn probably looks at that offense and says, man, I want us to win because I love winning. But if you're Jerry Jones, if this gets to that wall situation where you can't get out of the first round, you can't have a run in the playoffs, you got to make that move and say, Mike McCarthy, we've taken this as long as we could. we got to bring in a guy that we already have on staff, that guys rally around, and bring the kind of offense that'll be more Dak Prescott offensive friendly and scare defenses to death, like we've seen with the 49ers have done. They do the same thing in Miami, just faster. They have faster guys in Miami running the exact same offense that the 49ers run, and both of those teams, we know exactly where they are right now in the NFL. And also a guy in Dan Quinn that a lot of people respect for the Dallas Absolutely. Cowboys, right? You look at what he was able to do with that defense before uh, when getting the job yep. uh, versus what it was beforehand. So they, they respect Dan Quinn and that organization. No doubt about it. Keep weighing in on Twitter. What won the game last night for the Cowboys? Was it Dax play calling? Dax playmaking, excuse me. Mike McCarthy's play calling or something else. Johnny Canty says they better be happy they had Dak. He made the plays, and they should have never left Zeke leave the building. Zeke was past his due date, John. There's nothing you can do about that. Keep weighing in on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83 to be a part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. From the top stories in sports. This is a huge story. To the bottom. So we reach the bottom of the barrel. This is Three Up, Three Down. We do it each and every week. We give you the best and the worst of the NFL Sunday and Monday, maybe even Thursday, too. You know it better. It's Three Up and Three Down. We always start with the good. So, Harry Douglas, hit it. You're three Number up. one. My first up for the weekend, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns winning without Deshaun Watson and that defense actually carrying them. I got to give a lot of credit to Jim Swartz and what he's been able to do with this defense, putting these guys in the right positions and elevating them to another level. This is the best defense in the National Football League right now. Yes, I said it. And for them to previously – the pre- previous two weeks, the last game against the Baltimore Ravens, to not look like themselves but come out against San Francisco, who was the best team in the National Football League at the moment, and had that dominant performance, says a lot about Cleveland and their mindset moving forward. So that's why they're my number one up this week, Freddie. My number one down, I'm going to stay right there. I originally, I was going to have Eagles losing to the Jets. I'm moving away from that. My number one down is the field goal kicker in that game. Moody, make a field goal. Your quarterback, Brock Purdy, was running for his life against that outstanding Browns defense, and you can definitely make that case right now. That is the best defense in the National Football League. But even with all of that, Brock Purdy got you in position to make a field goal win a game, and you will still be the only undefeated team in the National Football League. You didn't miss these kind of kicks in Michigan. Mm-mm. You did against Michigan State, Ohio State, Northwest, and Directional State. You weren't missing those kicks. Then you get that was a makeable 41-yarder. At the missing one earlier, this is your chance to be like Bob Marley saying that redemption song. Instead, wide right, 
instead of San Francisco calling it a comeback, even though they have not been here for years, you let it go wide right. He gets the down, Mr. Moody. You get the down. Number two. Number two for me, it's going to be the cheetah Tyreek Hill. Beep, beep, road runner, speed, <laughs> scare the hell out of you, get out your back pedal, the man is coming. Pause. Gotcha, Devin. <laughs> now, the reason why I'm choosing Tyreek Hill is because the man has six receptions, 163 yards, but as he was scoring a touchdown, he seen someone on their phone recording, grabbed the phone, started recording himself, did a backflip, and gave the man his phone back. I don't know too many people that can do that, but right now you look at Tyreek Hill in the National Football League, 42 receptions, 816 yards, six touchdowns. The man almost has 1,000 yards, yeah. and you're not even at the halfway point of the season. Tyreek Hill might be the person that eclipsed 2,000 yards this year. You mm-hmm. heard it here first, Freddie. Number he, two yeah, on if, my up. Yeah, If he does that, he should be the MVP of the league. I don't hear anything about Tua talking about Lord, nothing against the Miami, but you get 2,000 yards as one dude and everybody knows you're getting the football and you do it anyway like that. If he does that, he should be the MVP of the league if he gets that mark, 2,000 yards as a wide receiver. My number two down, I hate to do this to Shannon Penn and Devin Kane, our producers, but the Giants and their coaching at the end of the first half. Oh, no. You can always put everybody in that. The head coach, Brian Dayball, the offense coordinator, Mike Kafka, and a quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. There's no reason with 14 seconds left, ball inside the five-yard line. You have no timeouts left, and you had a pass play called first, and you check out to a run play against a more than fearsome Buffalo Bills defense, even though a couple of guys have missed, like Matt, Mike, Matt Milano, the, well, the, excuse me, the linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the league. And yet he checked their running play, and they had nerve to look surprised when they did not get the ball into the end zone. That's just bad coaching, bad execution, a whole big pie of bad that happened in the end of the first half of the Giants. Devin and Shannon, gots to be more careful. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Next. That's number two. Number three. Number three, my up, my last one for this week. I'm going to go with that Jets defense. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Forcing four turnovers, Jalen Hurts, a guy who played exceptional last last year, made the Super Bowl, was an MVP candidate, forced him into three turnovers, three interceptions, forced another one, C.J. Mosley, right before a halftime that led to a field goal, um, made DeAndre Swift fumble. But that defense, man, you talk about that defense, a line, uh, Bryce uh, Huff being able to step up and make the plays that he made in that ball game as well. Bryce Hall being able to get an interception. Jermaine Johnson, Quentin Williams, Quincy Williams. Those guys are elite, and they're ready for any battle that you put in front of them. That's why I got the Jets as my number three up. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. My number three down, I'm going to get in touch with my inner Bill Belichick when it comes to the pages losing again. Um, we just got to start over again. Give credit to Las Vegas Raiders. They're, they're well coached. They out coached us. They outplayed us. Um, we still believe what we, what we got here, but we know we got some obstacles, and uh, we just got to start over as a coaching staff and and, and as on, on players, and and um, we'll see what happens next week. We've heard that press conference each and every week outside of week the week they won against the New York Jets. I want to say it's sad, but as a guy who's a Jets fan. And his team has tortured my team for the past 23 years. You can miss me with the shame bus on that one. Feeling sorry, bus for Bill Belichick. Mm-mm-mm. Christine Lisi, our sports and anchor. She's a Buffalo Bills fan. 
She's with me on this one. Feeling sorrowful for Bill Belichick? We Bring in Christine Lisi. I need a compadreette on this one. 20 years. Thank you. That's all I got. 20 years. <laughs> 20 years of Satan Belichick <laughs> torturing our team and feeling sorry for him. We're not falling on Bill Belichick because Belichick fell on us. So the it, fact that he's got to be like, you know, we got to start over and um, got to go back to drawing board next week. He gets that three down, and it's a gleeful three down for me. But but the thing about it, though, like, if you would have asked me four years ago, did I ever think that the New England Patriots would be in the conversation four years ahead mm-hmm. as one of the worst football teams nope. in the National Football League with the Panthers, Broncos, yep. Cardinals, yep. Giants, Bears? Anybody. I would have told you no. And I probably would have lost every dollar to my name. How quickly things can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when your Patriot arrogance – has gotten the best of it. That's an article I read today in NBC Sports, but so NBC Sports Boss.com saying the Patriots' arrogance has led to dark days. And I'm paraphrasing the title of the article. It was a fantastic article written by NBC Sports Boston that that arrogance, when you had old number 12 back there throwing a the football around, now you don't have him. That Patriots' arrogance has led to a very dark day once again, post Tom Brady in New England. He's Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry. 20 minutes from the tree of trust and the NFL teams that have or don't have strong branches to be champions. That comes to you in about 20 minutes. And an FOS friend of the show will stop by to tell it on who's the best team in the NFC right now. And if it, this is the last tango in New England with Bill Belichick as Patriots head coach. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together 
on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker, as always, to play ESPN Radio. It's one thing Harry Douglas to believe, but the belief with the Detroit Lions, they're accumulating more and more people in that congregation each and every day. The right Reverend Dan Campbell, as a head coach, has everybody believing in the healing hands now that the Lions could be that team. Even Mike Greenberg, biggest Jet fan in this company, he's a believer of the Detroit Lions trying to exercise some demons. Jared Goff is an elite NFL quarterback. He is playing elite football. He's the best quarterback in the NFC right now. The best. Inclusive of whoever you want. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts. Jared Goff has played the best. The Lions are the best team in the NFC. If not for an overtime loss to Seattle, they'd be unbeaten. Well, he's wrong there, and I love him. <laughs> I will see him on Thursday on Get Up, I was about 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on ESPN. He may not let the, you in the building based on this conversation. The Lions are not the best team in the NFC. I still have the San Francisco 49ers as the number one team in the NFC. Now, I will say this. I think I'm comfortable saying this. I will put the Lions at number two. Um, what they were able to do going down to Tampa and getting that win over the Buccaneers uh, and against that defense in which their front seven is so dominant, Vita Vea is a, mm-hmm. a straight dog, right? And they have a lot of young players on their defensive line that are playing well right now for Tampa Bay. But to be able to get that win and David Montgomery uh, ended up getting hurt. He didn't have Jameer Gibbs. Craig Reynolds uh, had a phenomenal block. <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown in the chemistry that him and Jared Goff has – it's phenomenal. That quarterback wide receiver tandem is on full display, and it's not a fluke. And Jared Goff, without the run game being valuable, because remember, Freddie, like we both felt the same way. If that run game wasn't able to be significant for the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. it possibly could put this offense in a chokehold. Right. And that didn't happen against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jared Goff still had 353 yards and two touchdowns, and I think the – now having Jamison Williams available at the wide receiver position that can take the top off the defense, I think that's very meaningful. Sam Laporta doing what he does in that offensive line, which is a top five unit, might be two or three in the National Football League right now. And you look over the other side of the ball and what their defense has been has been able to do. As Aloni, I think that's how you pronounce his name, a linebacker. He's yeah. playing with his hair on fire. Aiden Hutchinson, we know what he brings to the game uh, day in and day out. So I like where the Lions are sitting right now. This these these are not the Lions of old, right? Yeah, their mindset yeah. is different. Their 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 mental capacity is different. Also, their physicality is different than what we've seen from the Lions in previous years. And their fan base, mm-hmm. their fan base is traveling. You're not you don't only have to I deal know. with this fan base in Detroit. Right. You got to deal with this fan base on the road. They have traveled well this season. We saw that game one versus Kansas City because anytime they would make a play, I said, "Boy, oh boy, there are a lot of Lions fans in the building." Yep. Where usually the Chiefs fans, they don't allow those tickets to be just going to somebody else of an opposing number, of an opposing color. Here's something else that can really help out the Detroit Lions, their schedule. As of right now, they're 5-1. and one. Out of the remaining 10 games, only three teams are on this schedule that right now have a 500 record or better. The Ravens, who they play this Sunday. The Saints, who they play December 3rd. And the Dallas Cowboys, December 30th. Everybody else, I mean the Raiders too, because the Raiders are surprising three and three. Only four out of the remaining ten games are against teams that are at five hundred or more. Chargers below five hundred. The Bears twice below five hundred. Green Bay Packers below five hundred. Broncos below the NFL. Vikings twice below five hundred. 
that schedule sets up quite favorably for a team that I'm with you. San Francisco still number one to me. I think Detroit and the Eagles are right there. I know the Eagles had their struggles, but I've seen them do it. I have not seen the Lions do it. I want to see the Lions can be able to do that. But they kept telling everybody, we're ready this year. We're not, we've arrived. We're not trying to get there. We're not trying to get on the train to get to the party. We're at the party. We are the party. So I'm going to put them on the same line with the Eagles, definitely above the Dallas Cowboys right now. I still think the 49ers are better than them. But they may wind up having the best record in the NFL Ooh, because Freddy. their schedule has set up quite, quite nicely for a Lions team, which only four out of their final 10 games are against teams right now that are 500 or better in the NFL. Well, I, I think they're going to end up with the best record in the National Football League. That means they will have home field advantage throughout the, NF, uh, the NFC playoffs uh, on that side of things. And what better scene could you want or have if you're the Detroit Lions where you're hosting a playoff game with the number one seed and you can actually host things throughout, through and through yeah. until you actually get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm pretty sure the National Football League, the NFL, Roger Goodell and company, they knew what they were doing when they put the Lions on opening night versus the Kansas City Chiefs. True. They also felt like this team was going to make that jump from a year ago in which they finished 8-2 and two in the last 10 games of 2022 season and spoiled things for Aaron Rodgers and company and the Green Bay Packers from actually making the playoffs. So I can see the Detroit Lions having the best record in the NFC, and everything has to go through Detroit. That's something wow. I think the city would really embrace. They're embracing everything now. Absolutely. Think about how that city would be behind them if they had the number one seed and everything had to come through them to make it to the Super Bowl. It'll be, the, by the way, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. It's going to be the first time in a long time that I'm looking forward to watching the first game of Thanksgiving Day involving the Detroit Lions. Yep. Usually that, that's even like, sometimes that has not even been an appetizer. That's been something you just have on in the background while you're cooking or you, maybe you're going outside and come back in after that, have the Turkey Bowl games. You have your family, so all of a sudden more eyes are going to be on them. But also here's something else with the Detroit Lions. You mentioned it. If they get a chance to play off home game. They haven't done that since 1994. Oh, Lord. The last time they hosted a home playoff game was in 1994 when Eric Kramer was the quarterback. Brett Favre was the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And Brett Favre hit Shannon Sharp's older bro, Sterling Sharp, down the field for a late touchdown to win that game against the Detroit Lions. We're talking about almost 30 years since the last time that city has hosted a playoff game. If they get that chance this year and the rate they're going, it's more than likely they're going to win the division and have a home playoff game. I can't even imagine what that city's going to sound like. I heard that city what it sounds like for Red Wings games when they were going white hot in hockey or the Detroit Pistons with Detroit basketball. But the Lions, they have a special hold on that city. They've been waiting for a year like this. And now this year could be better than they could have even imagined, potentially having home field advantage where the road through the NFC may go through that city and that team, I can't wait to see exactly if that's going to happen, especially, like I mentioned, the way the schedule sets up with Detroit. And I think right now when you look at their schedule and the games that they already played, man, they got a big win at Kansas City, a big win at Tampa Bay, a big win at Green Bay. You know, this team just isn't good at home. They're doing it on the road. And I would also say this is a big game with them. This weekend at Baltimore could right. be another big win because we know the physicality that Baltimore is going to pose. We know the physicality that the Detroit Lions pose. Uh-huh. So these two teams being able to face face up against one another, I am really looking for this matchup. And I'm surprised that this isn't like a primetime right. game. Yeah. 
I really well, am. Well, there is a thing now called flex scheduling. <laughs> These kind of things can happen now where a team gets a little hot, a team is not so hot, you move them to the side, you, you, you put them in a wheelchair and you wheel them away and to put another team in a wheelchair, you wheel them in there so they can get that love in front of everybody else. So the Alliance, they are that team that's going to be that team. We're going to do our trust tree when it comes to the NFL. We're going to do that in about 20 minutes. But we're going to have an FOS stop, Brian. We're going to ask him if he believes the Detroit Lions are the best team in the NFC. And this could be the last tango in New England for Patriots coach Bill Belichick. That FOS will join us next on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. The show sometimes just writes itself. Before we had Andrew Hawkins, who's in studio, ESPN NFL analyst and former wide receiver in the NFL, I told him and Harry, by the way, the song that's bring you two guys in, mm. you're welcome. I didn't give it away. Next thing you know, 
Offset and Travis Scott hit it, Dang. and Hawk and Harry like, yeah, Felt yeah, I yeah. Felt every minute, every moment of it. <laughs> Better believe we did. <laughs> it was worth it for me between you two, Shannon going back and forth, eating and jumping at the same time, Devin getting his groove on while sitting down. So it's worth it when the show just writes itself. Because I just, I'm just realizing Shannon does have a mouthful yeah, back does, there. Yeah, exactly, he had a mouthful and a floor full of feet when he was going on there. As far as that goes, the difference, the difference is. I didn't have to pay those guys for the reactions. Hawk, we that's just real. found out about a certain Chargers fan yeah. that's gone viral that was at the game Monday night. That What have we found out about this young lady who looked like to be the ultimate Chargers fan, and she may have been fronting on this whole situation? She had a Vikings jersey on oh. and another, and a skull headband is what I'm hearing. Is that, is that it? Yes. I, I, know, I, I know the winner of a casting call when I see one. <laughs> I, I, I spent five years in L.A. She's the, she's the equivalent of the fans they put in front of the stage on Super Bowl. And they say, act like this is the best performance you've ever seen in your life. Uh-huh, they're jumping up and down. Absolutely. Like there, was, there wasn't a single Chargers fan in that building with those kind of emotions. That, that game, the, res, the results of that game didn't even call for those emotions. Ain't no way. So speaking of emotions regarding that game, I threw this question to Harry about an hour ago. When it comes to the Cowboys winning with the Chargers, who won it in, in your opinion? Dak's playmaking, Mike McCarthy's play calling, or something else? I, I would say the winner the, the winner was the last-ranked secondary in the NFL, <laughs> which is what the Chargers are. <laughs> yes, sir, they correct. give up the most yards to wide receivers. They give up the most yards as a defense. And what you saw from Dak, and again, I'm not taking away from him because that's what you should do versus that defense. For the talent that you have on that roster, on that offense, and for the quarterback and the abilities you have, but it was so very clear that all of those factors went into that game super confident. Harry, you know, you've, you've had these situations where you go into a week, you're looking at film, and you start salivating like, oh, they, they play right into what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat because everybody that I've seen on film ahead of me, they've ate against them. And so... That's what I feel like you saw more than anything. And, again, I'm not taking anything away from the game that they play, but that's what we expect. The NFL is about what will you do above the expected. And when they went against the 49ers, that was the issue. This game, that should be the output because if it wasn't, then you have real questions because, again, this was the worst secondary in the league. And I'll tell you, that's, that's a great point, Hawk. But I did when it came to Dak, though. I thought he did a great job of utilizing his legs. He got sacked five times last night, mm-hmm. and it easily could have been eight or nine. Yep. But the fact that he got away from it, still kept his eyes downfield, a fourth and one situation, yeah. being able to get it into the end zone. Um, I do look at you know the Chargers, right? These guys, Hulk, let's talk, talk about this for a second. Uh, give it they to had you. third and 18, right, on the mm-hmm. last offensive drive that the Cowboys had. Third and 18. Can you tell me why the defensive coordinator, and Brandon Staley is a defensive guy, mm-hmm. why would you not say, okay, we're going to rush three or four and play coverage and force Dallas to throw the ball in front of us and ride to the ball and get them to punt the ball? They decided that they wanted to get a holding, illegal contact, and that drive is a drive that Dallas, Cow- the Cow- Dallas Cowboys went down and kicked the field goal that, that eventually became the game winner. Because they can't get no pressure on the quarterback any other way. They got to send all these blitzes. They got to send all these extra people. It's the only way, if you look at statistically, that they've been able to pressure quarterbacks. They don't have the ability just to send three because they know that quarterback will sit there all day. And to your point about Dak, 
he can run around because he knows he could, right? He couldn't do that yep. versus the, the the 49ers. Oh, no. You know, it was scary. You could see as that clock went off, mm-hmm. he start panicking. This team is, y'all yeah, have the time, and I know that if I get time, these guys are going to come open down the field. And so to your point about Staley and the defense, they got a, they got a lot of things to figure out on Ooh. both sides of the ball because there's just there's no balance when you watch the 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 L.A. Chargers play. Like, yeah, the defense needs to play better, but the offense needs to, to run the ball, and mm-hmm. they need to eat up clock, and they need to allow this offensive line to settle in and not have def- defenders pinning their ear backs and just chasing their quarterback all over the place. There is such a trickle-down that happens in football that it's so very clear the Chargers don't have that balance, and it's going to only get tougher from here, especially if they don't start closing out some of these closed games because guys in the locker room will start to feel like they're not going to win them. Mm-hmm. And once yeah. you get to that point, there is – you don't know which way is up. Yeah, hit, yeah. yeah, hit him on Twitter at Hawkeys. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us in studio here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. In your opinion, if the Detroit Lions are not the NFC's best team, mm-hmm. then who is? I think they are. I think they are for a couple of reasons. Like, I don't want to be prisoners of the moment, which we do a lot. That's our jobs, right, to react. <laughs> well, well, so, welcome. Yeah, I mean, this is – thank you, ESPN, for paying us. Um, but at the same time – I will say the reason why I like the Lions is because they feel battle-tested in a sense. Like a week ago, Amon Ross St. Brown was out, and it was, oh, okay, they're going to rely heavily on that incredible run game because they're missing their number one receiver. What did they do? They threw the ball all over the place, and they threw it freely, and all those receivers and all those pass catchers stepped up in a big way. This week, the run game wasn't there, and it's like, oh, okay, you have Jared Goff, this guy that's been tagged as a, as a game manager. He throws for 353 when the run game isn't there and everybody steps up. So I, I do think they are the NFC's best because when injuries happen, they're still a great team. When a certain aspect of their game gets taken away, they're still a great team. When one side of the ball is not playing as good as the other one, they're still a great team. And typically late in the season, those are the teams that you can really depend on because their hands are steady. And, 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 and Dan Campbell has done an incredible job of getting buy-in because they're playing like they believe it, you know? See, I still got San Fran as number one. Now, I do have Detroit as my two, mm-hmm. but we easily could be having a conversation today if Jake Moody can make a damn field goal. <laughs> For sure. And, and in fact, he, he missed two. Yep. It, it's, Brock Purdy didn't have his best game, but when, it counted, when, it, when they needed him the most, he was able to get them down the football field and still find guys without Christian McCaffrey, without Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. a hobbled Trent Williams and company, right? Mm-hmm. And still put them in a position to be able to win that football game. But I, I think if you put these two teams on the, on the same field, and everyone's healthy. I'm still rocking with San Francisco in those regards. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't argue that. I think, uh, and if I'm a 49ers fan, I have them second okay. in the power rankings, yeah. right? right. Um, yeah. At least in the NFC. And I, the reason why I still feel really good about the 49ers is because, to your point, Brock Purdy, he's in his first 17 games as a starter. He's a rookie, yep. right? You're right. And this is the first time they went against a team that was able to get pressure on him. And he just didn't respond well to the pressure. And, you know, the, the Browns are an elite defense. That's a fact. Miles Garrett is an elite player. He didn't, he didn't score any sacks, but he had Trip Williams on his, on his heels. And, and he had, had him on that, skates, didn't he? He had him on skates. Had him on his booty a couple <laughs> you know? of times, and too. And so <laughs> what I liked about Brock Purdy, to your point, that if they missed, make that field goal, we're having a different conversation. But what he did late in that game was he responded. And he put yep. together the best drive of the game when they needed it most. And 
that's uncommon for young quarterbacks, especially within their first 17 starts. I think Brock Purdy is the real deal. Um, but I do think they might have showed a little bit of the blueprint for some of these teams with the defense that can go get him and play man-to-man on the back end. Yeah, 15 yep. seconds left. Is this the last tangle for Bill Belichick in New England? Uh, yes, it is. But maybe not. It could be a Bill Belichick move. I kind of feel like uh-huh. they're going to be positioned to get Caleb Williams. Oh, boy. And if you get Belichick, Caleb Williams. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know if there's another coach I would want. I'm just saying. Yeah, if, if you get him some weapons in modern football, then, yeah, maybe <laughs> he can make that work. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Hawk, great stuff, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, fellas. Great stuff by Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us in studio. Always a great follow on Twitter. Always hit him up anytime you want. At Hawk, you can do the same thing with us. Hit us on Twitter. Harry's handle, HDouglas83. My handle, the Coleman ESPN. Like we mentioned, we're on for an extra half an hour tonight. We lead you in the game three to NLCS in Philadelphia. As the Phillies try to take a 2 nothing lead against the Arizona Diamondbacks, we'll lead you into that coverage at 7.30. First pitch at 8.07 Eastern time. But we climb the tree of trust in the NFL. We're going to find out which teams that have or don't have strong branches to be champions. That's next on Freddie and Harry. Keep it here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.